0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful erev of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again, to spend some time, to talk about the issues. Well, the issues confronting life today, and there are many, many issues that we have to deal with, understand, and as I always say, if we want to understand life, we look to Torah, the Word of God. It's the eternal Word of God. We look to Torah every single week, and we understand that within the Parsha lies the secrets of life. We often think to ourselves, where will the message come from? And we have so many sources. We look to the internet, we look to the newspapers, radio, television, all sorts of platforms. We look for information, we look for guidance, we look for clarity. It's the Torah that we have to look for. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that transcends the limitations of time and space. It's there forever. It's the Word of God that talks to us then and now. And it's the Word of God that we have to find. We have to look for and that we have to understand as well. And this is why it's important each and every single day to learn a bit of Torah, particularly the Parsha of the week, particularly the portion connected with that day. each and every single day. The Parsha is divided into seven days. And each and every single day, that Parsha has something special, something unique, something important to tell us, to teach us, to share with us. And by studying it more and more, and as time goes on with commentary, time goes on, we understand it on a deeper level, on a greater level. Because each and every single year, we not only acquire more knowledge, but the eternal word of Hashem flowers, it nourishes, it brings forth deeper and greater dimension of insight and this is why every single time we come to a parsha, we look for something new we look for something new we look for something fresh indeed they are told that it is incumbent upon us to look to Torah as if it was given at Sinai today each and every one of us try to understand that Torah is not something which happened once upon a time but in Torah receiving the Torah with Sinai, the giving of Torah, is something which happens always, forever, on a daily basis. And when we sensitize ourselves to that notion, to that idea, when we sensitize ourselves to that understanding, that Torah is an ongoing living dimension. It is something which not only repeats on a constant basis, it happens Anew on a constant basis, we understand the internal and greater dimension of what that message is as well. And this Parsha is a great Parsha. It's the Parsha that talks about the Ten Commandments, the great story of Revelation at Sinai, where God came down on Sinai and gave the Jewish people the Torah. One cannot speak about a highlight in Torah. Every word in Torah is a highlight. But if one wants to use that term, the highlight of Torah would be the story of Matan Torah, the story of Revelation at Sinai the story of the Ten Commandments. In actual fact, our sages tell us that the entire Torah is contained within the Ten Commandments. If one looks closely, if one studies deeply, one would see it there in its entirety. Indeed, in the Holy Book of Tanya, Rabbi almond Zalman of Liadi teaches us that the entire Torah is encapsulated within the first two commandments. All positive commandments come from the positive commandment of I am God, your God. And all negative commandments emanate from the negative commandment, don't make any false gods. All positive and all negative come from the first two commandments of the Ten Commandments. And this was a pivotal moment. This was a moment that showed the world, not only the Jewish people, showed all of creation, the purpose of creation, from the very First moment of creation. When all of creation wondered, why was God doing this? Why did God bring a world into being? Why was it necessary for God, who can do anything and everything, why was it necessary for Him to create a universe and in this universe to create the planet Earth and upon this planet Earth to create human beings and to give human beings the freedom of choice, to give human beings exceptional power, not only of choice, but to exercise that choice and to do great things, to do positive things, and to do terrible things. And one wonders, what was that all about? At the moment of Revelation, at the time of Sinai, when God gave us the Torah, this is when that great secret was revealed. This was the moment that all of creation from the highest level to the lowest level understood. Now we know why God created a world. Now we know why God created, well, why God brought all of creation into being. It wasn't some sort of gimmick. It wasn't something that God did because he could. There was a purpose, and that purpose was to be fulfilled through the expression of Torah. And this is why this Parsha, the Parsha of Yitro which contains that story, has to be studied with extra diligence, with a greater dimension of insight, because contained therein is not only the story of the Ten Commandments, that incredible, miraculous event where God descends upon Sinai, speaking to the Jewish people, and he gives them the Ten Commandments, and he gives them the Torah, but in actual fact, the secret to all of creation why God, in fact, brought the world into being, this is something which happens at Sinai as well. And therefore, perhaps not at the moment, but perhaps with diligence, as I said before, with application, we begin to understand the purpose of creation. And once we understand dimensions of that purpose, life becomes far more purposeful as well. We begin to understand our purpose. We begin to understand why we are here, why God would bring us into the world, why he would give us the challenges that he does, why he would give us the opportunities that he does, why he would give us the talents and the strength and the ability that he does, why we do what we do, why he allows us to encounter the things that he does, why he allows us to develop the relationships that we do, why he gives us the incredible power of being human beings. It's all contained in Torah. Not only the secret of creation, but the secret of purpose of creation, the secret of purpose of being who and what we are. All of this is contained within the great story of Revelation, within this Parsha the Parsha of Yitro. It was a moment that changed everything. It was a moment that changed all of creation. It was a moment unlike any other. Yes, of course, people had studied the Torah before. We know the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their children. In fact, throughout the entire history of Egypt, there was the study of Torah. When Jacob came down to Egypt, he had already sent his son Judah to establish places of learning. The study of Torah was there, but revelation at Sinai only happened at that particular time after the Jewish people had come out of Egypt and they had marched through the desert for 49 days, came to the foot of the mountain, and Moshe told them that within a few days, God himself would descend upon the mountain and deliver to the Jewish people The incredible, the incredible gift of Torah. The incredible gift of insight. Not only the commandments, of course the commandments. Not only the laws, of course the laws. But he would give them the secret, the insight as to why they were there. Not only there at the foot of the mountain. And in fact, all of us were there. All the generations from beginning of time until the end of time. But he would tell them the secret of why of why they were there, with each and every single law came tremendous insight, knowledge, understanding, awareness of what that purpose is all about. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the in- Concept of revelation at Sinai not being God delivering a set of laws to the Jewish people, but rather this is the moment where the purpose of creation is revealed to all of creation through the giving of Torah when He gave the Torah to the Jewish people. We're talking about this parsha, the parsha that contains the story of revelation at Sinai, Mat and Torah, and we're talking about that Mat and Torah was that pivotal moment within well all of history when the purpose and meaning of creation was revealed to all of creation through giving the Torah to the Jewish people and if there is a critical moment in Torah, if there is a highlight in Torah without question. It's the story of Revelation at Star, of, of Sinai, it's the story of the Ten Commandments, etc., etc., as contained within this Parsha. And this is why, when we begin to examine the actual Parsha, and we begin to examine what the Ten Commandments are all about, there are all sorts of questions which make us wonder that, how it is that this incredible story is contained within a Parsha that is called Yitro. Who was Yitro? Yitro was the political and religious head of Midian, And as such, most of his life, he was an idol worshiper. Not only an idol worshiper, but as sages tell us, he was proficient in every single idol that existed. He knew them all. He was a man that was absolutely dedicated to the study of idolatry in every single form that existed. He was an exceptionally powerful man. Yitro as an individual was highly intelligent and he knew exactly what every single idol was all about. And one wonders, yes, at this moment he acknowledged the greatness of God. He rejected the idols, but after all, Is this enough to give him the incredible merit that the story of Revelation at Sinai, the Ten Commandments, should be contained within a Parsha that carries his name? You know, I think to myself, if I was the editor of Torah, I would kind of call the Parsha that contained the Ten Commandments Moshe. Yes, indeed, the entire Torah is called the five books of Moshe. But perhaps there were greater righteous people that deserve this honor. Why does the Parsha that contains the story of Revelation at Sinai, contains the story of the Ten Commandments, why is it called Yitro? Yitro, after all, was, well, most of his life, a worshipper of idols. Why, in fact, is this incredibly important spiritual story contained within a parsha that carries the name of a previous idol worship, And not only that, something even stranger. The Midrash tells us that the opening words of the Ten Commandments is Anochi, I am, God who took you out of Egypt. That is the preamble, that is the opening words to the Ten Commandments. And with this, the Ten Commandments begin to boom throughout every single corner of creation faith in God, I am God your God, I am the one who did all of this and as I said before, all positive commandments emanate from this particular expression of God God identifying himself I am Anochi, I am and who am I, I am the one who took you out of Egypt, I am the one and this is why you have to believe in me and the Midrash tells us something which is quite astonishing. Anothi, they say, is not a Hebrew word. It's not a word that comes from the Shon HaKodesh, from the Holy Tongue. It's actually an Egyptian word. And one wonders, the first word of the Ten Commandments should be an Egyptian word? Egypt was Ervata Aretz, the most debased, the most immoral. Of all lands at the time. It was a place that had absolutely no respect whatsoever for decency, for morality. Debauchery was, well, debauchery was a way of life over there. And to use a land that reflects such immodesty, to use their language, their word, as the opening word of the Ten Commandments? Why? It boggles the mind. It's strange. It confuses one. Nothing. If God is identifying himself, if God is saying, this is who I am, is there no other term other than an Egyptian word? Is there no word in the Hebrew language that God could have used and perhaps should have used to identify himself? After all, He has descended upon the mountain. He is speaking to his people. And before that, what kind of people does he want? He says, you're an Amsagula. You're a precious people. You're a chosen people. You are a nation of priests. You are a people who have to elevate themselves to the highest levels of sanctity. You are a people that have to live a life of perfection. You are a people that have to reflect decency, morality at all levels. That's who I'm speaking to, says God. And to use a word that comes from an Egyptian background, what's the Midrash telling us? Both those questions actually bubble the mind. But those questions obviously contain within themselves tremendous insight into what Revelation at Sinai was all about. Because the Medrash also tells us that when Moshe went up to receive the Torah, there was tremendous opposition from the angels. They turned to God and said, "To God, you're going to give this incredible treasure to human beings to this individual who's made of flesh and blood." So God turned to Moshe and said, "Well, they seem to have a just argument. How would, what do you say?" So he turned to them and he asked them a number of questions. But one of the questions he said, did you go down into Egypt and suffer? As did my people, as did the Jewish people. And they said no. And Moshe said, and therefore the Torah has nothing to teach you. Nothing to say to you. What was that all about? Torah is not something which exists in the lofty realms. It does come from the lofty realms. It's the wisdom of God. It comes from high spiritual levels. But Torah talks to us about how to deal with every single area of life, even the most mundane, even the most troublesome, even those that, well, unfortunately, can be used for negative purposes as well. What God is saying is anarchy, even though you were in the land of Egypt and exposed to the worst possible type of behavior. Torah is there to teach you how to protect yourself against that type of influence. It's not that you escape from the world. Torah teaches you how to deal with the world in the most difficult, challenging situations. Torah teaches you how to work with the world and to transform that negativity into something which is positive. Torah teaches you how to understand that the world is indeed a physical place. And it's within those physical dimensions that God expects you, says God, to live a life of morality. Living a life of morality is not hiding away from the realities of the world. But taking the challenges of the world with discipline, with respect, with the great protection of mitzvot, of commandments, and using them correctly. And that's why God uses the Egyptian term to tell us that, yes, even those dimensions that we were exposed to in that land can be protected against and ultimately to be transformed. And this is why the Parsha is contained within a Parsha that is named after Yisra. What does Yisra say? Yisra says, now I know that God is greater than all other gods. Only Yisra could say that. As I said before, Yisra was a man who worshipped, understood Every single philosophy, idolatry, anything that was, well, contrary to godliness. It wasn't something that was hidden away in the books. He knew it, he understood it, he was a man of great, great intellect. He knew, understood, and followed, worshipped all those faiths. And one by one he rejected them. One by one, he disproved them. One by one, he showed their falsehoods. And he came to Moses and he said, Now I know with absolute clarity that God, your God, well, he says our God, is greater than anything and everything else. Not only because it was a declaration of faith, It was a declaration of profound and powerful knowledge. He says, I know because I have experienced everything else and intellectually I have rejected everything else as well. In a sense, Yisro paves the way for revelation at Sinai. Yisro is the one who says, There is nothing in this world that can challenge the authenticity and truth of God and his Torah. Because I know everything else and everything else that is contrary to God and Torah is false, is wrong, is a lie, is not part of the great truth. And this is why it's precisely within a Parsha that carries the name of Yisra that the Torah is given. Because he is the one who can say with absolute clarity, with absolute authenticity, everything else other than Torah and God, anything that challenges it, anything that is contrary to the idea of one God and Torah, is a falsehood. Not because I accept it, because I know it, I've studied it, I understood it. And I disproved it through my own experiences, through my own intellect, and through my own understanding of what it's all about. And this is something which is important for us to understand as well. With faith must come knowledge. With faith must come understanding. With faith must come the ability to know, to understand, to the best of our abilities. It's not enough only to believe, of course, that is the basis of what everything is all about. But we have to know. We have to study. We have to understand. And that's what Israel represents. That's why he merits the Ten Commandments to be contained in a Parsha that carries his name. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about why Jethro Yitro is the individual who had the great merit that the story of Revelation at Sinai, the Ten Commandments, are contained within a Parsha that carries his name. And the reason being because he had the honesty and the integrity that he slowly and systematically disproved every single false philosophy and idolatry that existed and existed this very day. He was a man of amazing intellect, but amazing honesty. He was an individual who recognized truth. And when he saw falsehoods, he publicly disclaimed it. And one by one, he rejected every single idol. He worshipped them. Yes, he did. But after a while, began to see the flaws, the dishonesty, the lies contained therein, and came to the final conclusion. There is only one true God, and his expression of Torah is the ultimate justice. And this is why. How does the Parsha begin? Vayishma yitro. yitro heard. And what did he hear? He heard the great miracles that God did to the Jewish people. And Rashi, the main commentary, says, Mashmua shama uba. What did he hear that caused him to leave the comfort of his powerful position? As I said before, he was the religious and political head of one of the most powerful countries of the time, Egypt. What he heard was how God took the Jewish people out of Egypt and the great victory against the powerful, mighty army of Amalek. But that's not the point. Not the great miracles only. But shama what did he hear that caused him to leave the incredible comfort and power base of the religious and political head of the most powerful country at that time? And this is something that we have to take for heart to heart. You know, we often hear things. And we often hear things that move us. We often hear things of great truth. We often hear things that disprove that which we have accepted up to this point. But do we have the courage to move? Do we have the courage to walk away from that which we have accepted for so long? Or because of comfort or cowardice or laziness or fear? Do we have the ability to walk away. The greatness of Israel was that he saw these incredible events unfolding. He saw Egypt, a mighty nation from where not one slave was able to escape and here God took out millions of people with pride and glory, marching out and destroying that evil country. Amalek, the most formidable powerful nation And a weak Jewish people who never fought wins against them in battle. He looks at these things. He questions. He questions all that he stands for. He questions his political base, his religious base. He said, what is this? Mashmua, he heard about all these things. But he walks away. He has the courage to say, this is a lie. I'm looking for truth. And I'm going to search for truth. And this is the story of life. The story of life is how often do we hear things that challenge the position that we're in, that challenge the so-called truths that we hold so dear to us, yet we don't have the courage and the ability to walk away and to search for something that is greater. This is what makes Yitra the authentic character that he is. Not only for his formidable intellect that he's able to disprove all the idolatry. Perhaps there were others who had that ability as well to a certain degree, but he acted on it. He demonstrated a faith and a search for truth, and he acted upon that which he discovered as a result. He had the courage of walking away from tremendous comfort, from tremendous power, because he knew that to be wrong. And we look around the world today and we see leaders and we think to ourselves, what keeps them tied down to the ongoing falsehoods that they themselves know is wrong and corrupt? And it's just the trappings of power and comfort. And do we ourselves fall into that into that trap as well? Are we caught up in some sort of, well, comfort zone that we are afraid to move away from? This is the story of Revelation at Sinai. God comes down and tells the people, this is your life. This is how you have to live. You are going to go through the world. You are going to walk through this world. But remember, your only strength, your only protection, your only eternal value will be the Torah. You will be exposed to ideas, to people, to societies, to cultures, to great things. Mold buy into those things. Don't make them your God. Don't make them your truth. Don't make them your reality. Yes, parts of it is something which can and should be used. But don't, don't trade them in by giving up Torah. And this is something that we have to learn from this Parsha. And this is something that we learn from Yitra. Of course we learn from the Ten Commandments. We listen to those incredibly powerful words. Revelation at Sinai. What could be greater? We also learn from this man from Yitra. His authenticity. His formidable intellect. His search for truth. His ability to act on it with tremendous, tremendous Integrity and authenticity. When you're in shul tomorrow, and I encourage everyone—men, women, children—come to shul tomorrow. Listen to the reading of a and It's something which is so important. Yes, we'll do it on Shabbat as well, but it's this Shabbos. Bring your children to shul. Come yourselves. Shul is a safe place. Yes, of course, there are protocols. Keep to those protocols, but be in shul and listen to the story from beginning. From what Israel listens and heard and moved, listen to the whole story, the preparation for Revelation, the story of the Ten Commandments, listen to everything. God speaks in the singular because He speaks to each and every one of us individually. He talks to each and every one of us personally because Torah does precisely that. Listen to every word. It's a great Parsha. It will be uplifting. It will be meaningful. It's something which touches our hearts and our minds and our souls which us.